When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he saith, I will return to my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God, and keep it. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall be no sign given it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, who was faithful for over 60 years in teaching the Word of God throughout the Northwest and Canada. Many were blessed by his Bible teaching, and today, we invite you to share in those blessings by listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our name, the Unchanging Word, is committed to the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His eternal Word always has been and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 32, Jesus speaks of the futility of self-reformation. Now, this is different than spiritual regeneration. Self-reformation still leaves one empty, while spiritual regeneration fills one with Christ himself by the Holy Spirit. Jesus then goes on to say how blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. Blessing comes from the obedience of hearing. He then speaks of the sign of Jonah to this wicked generation who are asking for a sign. And Jesus went on to say that he himself is this sign to this generation. Our Lord is a greater than Jonah. Our Lord Jesus both died and was buried and rose again and appeared to witnesses. And we believe in a living Savior seated at the right hand of God who also intercedes for us. Let's join Dr. Mitchell here on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Luke chapter 11, verse 21. We again come to you with our studies in the Gospel through Luke, chapter 11. What we want to do is for you to get to know your Bible and to fall in love with the Savior. You know, I, I, I count it a real privilege to just sit down and talk to you folk about our Lord and about his life as he walked among men 
And sometimes we will go into the epistles where we have the instruction for the church of Christ. But I just sit down and talk to you personally, face to face and heart to heart, so that in some way we might encourage you in the things of Christ. And he knows all about you. He knows all about your circumstances. He knows even your thoughts are far off. And he's touched with a feeling of your infirmities, and he's praying for you. I'm talking about you believers. And my great desire is that those who are not Christians who listen in uh, may come to know the Savior, to know something of the reality of a life in Christ, possibly to change the idea of people concerning Christ, because there's so much distortion in people's minds concerning our Savior. There are so many false doctrines and false teachers the woods are full of them. Oh, how we need to be able to prove all things and to hold fast to that which is good. Now, we're in chapter 11, and in our last lesson, we were dealing with the fact that our Lord manifested authority over the powers of darkness. And remember, there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God's dear Son. How glad I am for that precious verse in Colossians 1.13 where Paul informs us that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love, or in the kingdom of His Son. Wonderful thing to be translated out of one into the other. And only the Lord can do that. Only the Lord can do that. Now there's some who try to do it, as we shall see in these coming verses. And then you remember... Uh, we spoke of the fact that, that if the Lord cast out demons, then the kingdom of God was come unto them. And in verse 21 down through verse 23, and I needn't spend time here except to read the verses, when a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh away him from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. You see, he has just cast the demons out of a man, and he's the stronger of the two. And he delivers men, not only from the powers of darkness, but from the guilt and penalty and power of sin. And may I add also from the power of death. Having, having manifested his authority over satanic forces, which includes death, it's a wonderful thing to be a Christian and know that we've been delivered from sin, from the powers of darkness, and from the power of death. It's what you have in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, when our Lord became a man that through death he might annul the power of him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Now he goes on and he adds to this thought in verses 24 to 26. And he warns against those who will try to clean themselves up apart from the power of God. Now remember what the background is here. He's been casting out demons. One group say you've ca you cast out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of the demons. Another group said if you're really from heaven, give us a sign. Here you find unbelief. Here you find closed hearts to the Savior. And yet he warns them in verses 24 to 25 against self-reformation. 
market. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest, and finding none, he saith, I will return to my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. And by the way, this is just the experience of men. For example, men may give up drink. He finds that drink is a terrible thing, the demon of drink. And I'm, I'm rightly saying that, the demon of drink. When I think of the millions of homes that are shattered and the lives that are destroyed, it's a real demon, the demon of drink. So a man gives up his drink. He's reforming himself. But you see, the old nature still wants sin, wants to be satisfied. So what does he do? He takes something else, maybe dope, narcotics, or maybe other things. Other things take the place instead of God. So the life becomes empty and is controlled more and more by sin, possibly by the passions of the flesh, or even by the lusts of the mind. You know, sometimes we think about sin as these outbroken sins of society. Bless your dear heart, there are sins that are never seen by society, that God sees. When I think of the, of the coldness and the unbelief and the hatred the enmity of heart of man against the living God and against his blessed Son who died to redeem them. My friend, in many, many ways this is far worse than outbroken sins of the flesh and of society. Oh, that we might realize self-reformation cannot, cannot fit a person for the presence of God. You remember the prophet Isaiah 64 verse 6, he made the statement, our righteousnesses, that is, the works of our flesh, that which we do, the good things we do, are in the sight of God, but filthy rags. Now, I'm not, I'm not pulling for sin. I'm not pulling for bad habits. I'm telling you, my friend, that they will not, giving up sin does not give you life. The wages of sin is death. And whether you throw yourself off a building or blow your brains out or just bow your head and die, death comes. No matter how it comes, but it comes. The wages of sin is death. And there's only one who can deliver you from that, and that's the one who destroyed or annulled the power of him that had the power of death. May God grant you look to the Savior and your hunger to be, to be uh, delivered life that is good and loving and so on, and we all want that. Don't misunderstand me. We want that. Would to God that every Christian lived as he ought to live, and every man of the world might turn from his sin and accept the Savior. We want, we love good people. I've got a lot of friends who are not Christians, and I love them. They've closed their hearts to the gospel, but they're dear, dear people. But before God, where do they stand? And that's the important thing, isn't it? How do you stand before God? You present before God your good works, you're just filthy rags. And remember, sin pays wages. Whether much or little, sin pays wages. And God executes the penalty. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. And I just plead with your heart today to turn to the Savior. You who want to be delivered from sin, there's only one Savior from sin, and that's Jesus Christ. 
Now let's go on from there. It came to pass, verses 27 and 28, came to pass as he spake these things, a certain woman of the country lifted up her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Now, I don't need to spend time here. Here is a demand by the Savior for people to be obedient to the word of God, to hear the word of God and to keep it. You see, there's a difference between uh, fleshly relationship and heavenly relationship. And by the way, when I read that verse, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it, I'm reminded of that verse in the Old Testament, there's going to be a famine. I think it's in the book of Amos, there's going to be a famine not for bread or for water, but a famine for the hearing, the hearing of the word of God. And relationship to the Lord is a far more important thing than fleshly relationship. And our Lord marks it by saying, heavenly relationship is manifested by obedience, hearing the word of God and obeying it. You see, the, the voice said, speaking of a fleshly thing, blessed be the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. He said, rather, blessed are they, more blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And I want to make this very, very clear. Spiritual relationship to God is by far more important than all the fleshly relationships you have on earth. Oh, God grant that, that you and I may not only hear the word of God, but we may obey it. Now, we come to the third thing in the instruction to the people. And that's from verses 29 to 36. 29 through 36. And here he rebukes the unbelief of the people. Now remember, in verse 16 they had said, if you, if you cast out demons and you say you don't do it by Beelzebub, if you don't claim you cast them out by the powers of hell and you give us a sign from heaven. Now we have it again down in verse 29. And when the people were gathered thick together, great thick crowd of people, he began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall be no sign given it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. Whereas Jonah was a sign to the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas or Jonah is here. Now you notice he has been casting out demons and they want a sign from heaven. Now the Lord picks that up in verse 29. This is an evil generation. They, shall, they seek for a sign. There shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. Now, 
The only sign given is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard about this little prophet Jonah, the son of a Medei, one of the one of two prophets who came from Galilee. Nahum, who prophesied against Nineveh, and Jonah, who went to Nineveh. There's a hundred years between the two prophets. And we find here that the only sign God gives him is concerned the death, burial, and resurrection of Jonah from the dead. In the gospel through John, you remember the Lord, in the beginning of his ministry, he cleansed the temple. And they said, where do you get your authority to cleanse this temple? And the Lord Jesus said, you destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Don't you know this temple has been building for so many years? Destroy in three days, but he spake concerning his body. In other words, the, fit, the death, burial, and resurrection, especially the resurrection, is the sign from God of the person of Christ and of the completeness of his work. You remember in Romans chapter 1, the fourth verse, we read that God has marked out his Son, Jesus Christ, by the resurrection from the dead. Then he goes on and rebukes them for their unbelief. Verse 30, For as Jonas was assigned to the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South, that would be the Queen of Sheba who came to see Solomon, as she came, she shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation, and she shall condemn them. For she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation, and shall condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of Sheba heeded the little light she had. She'd heard about the wisdom of this man Solomon, and she gathered together a retinue of her soldiers and leaders, and they went over to see Solomon, and she sat at the feet of Solomon, hearing his wisdom. She heeded the small light that she had, which led, of course, to the meeting of Solomon. Now, the men of Nineveh, you find that, you remember, in the third chapter of the book of Jonah. Jonah preached yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Now, you remember the story of, of, of Jonah. Jonah was called of the Lord to preach to the people of Nineveh. Um, why should he, a prophet of God of Israel, go and preach a message if it, if it was acted upon meant the deliverance of the great city of Nineveh, which was the capital of Assyria, the great enemies of Israel, very cruel people. And I know, says Jonah, and I quote from the third chapter, was not this mine own saying in my own country when you call me to go, that if I preach this message of judgment, they would believe and you would deliver them. You would show mercy to them. So he ran away from the presence of the Lord. And you remember at the end of chapter 1, he's cast into the sea. In chapter 2, he's in the belly of the fish. You have his experience. In chapter 3, he's raised from the sea and goes to Nineveh. 
Now, the Ninevites, they worshipped the fish god. And here's a man who has been thrown out of the belly of a fish, speaking of resurrection. And they heard him as a, as a word from the dead, and especially from the fish. And they repented at the preaching of Noah. For you remember the king and all his people uh, put on sackcloth, and they repented of their sins, and God delivered them from the judgment which he had pronounced upon them. What little light they had. And by the way, if I were quoting from that third chapter, they believed God. It doesn't say that they believed Jonah. They believed God. Jonah hid behind his message, and they believed God. And the result was that Nineveh was delivered. Now it's true that a hundred years afterwards, through the preaching of Nahum, Nineveh was destroyed. But I don't want to go into that except to just mention the fact. What little light the Queen of Sheba had, what little light the people of Nineveh had, they accepted, they walked in the light given to them. But these people of Israel, this it's an evil generation. They have seen our Savior in his miracles. They have heard his gracious words. They can't find a flaw in his life. Indeed, he challenged them, which one of you convicteth me of sin? My life has been one of righteousness, of love, of compassion, of tenderness, of goodness, of delivering people. And you're still yelling for signs. The word of God wasn't enough. The person of Christ wasn't enough. You know, I'm tempted to say that today. People today look for the spectacular. And even when they see the spectacular, they don't believe. They don't believe. I could sit here and talk to you about people who have said to me, if God does this, I'll believe. But they didn't. They didn't. Amazing thing. Unbelief, I repeat it, is a terrible, terrible thing. God grant you and I will not be filled with it. And I speak to you Christians, to us who believe in the Savior. God deliver us from not believing what he has declared to us in his word. Even though I may not understand all that he says, I should believe because he says it. And for those of you who have never accepted the Savior, may I remind you, Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they're life. On the other hand, he also said in John 12, 48, you have one that judgeth you, the words that I speak unto you, the same shall judge you in the last day. So we have this story here concerning it, the rebuking of the leaders, especially for their unbelief, for their wanting of a sign. Now, starting at verse 33 and running down verse 36, he gives an exhortation uh, uh, with illustration concerning the responsibility of walking in the light that God has given to us. As I said a moment ago, uh, the queen of Sheba, she walked in the light God gave her. The people of Nineveh walked in the light that God gave them. What about you and me? Are you walking in the light that God has given to you? Oh, grant we'll be obedient to the word of God and know something of a life lived in the joy and blessing of the Savior. Now read the Gospel of Luke through, will you? And may the Lord be glorified in your life and my life today.
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon, 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.